Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's a beautiful it's Monday. It's a gorgeous Monday. Oh, what a weekend. It was beautiful on, on yesterday, especially after we fell back and we had beautiful weather on as we adjusted our... I'm still adjusting to the time change. I, and it's just beautiful. The sky was so blue when we woke up yesterday and the church looked beautiful and it was just amazing. And having the sun out when the kids arrived to school oh. is always a wonderful thing. I don't like the sun setting so early, but that's yeah. another story. But I, I got to get used to this uh, six o'clock sunrise now, where it's it's bright and I'm not even out of bed yet. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's fine. It worked for me this morning. Yeah, so it was it was good. You no, know, with the little kids, you know. But the little kids. Here's the thing: the little kids don't care about the, the time. Change. No, they don't care about I'm the extra hours sleep. We, we got to so, get used. To, we got to get re- so five readjusted. A. M. Five a.m. yesterday, you were getting. Eh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got to keep them up earlier, a little later. A little bit later. Uh, <laughs> it takes a few days, but uh, we'll get there. God bless celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you know, we all deal with our different things. On that note, let's talk vocations, huh? <laughs> exactly. It's National Vocation Awareness Week. We're having fun. I literally, I uh, all day today, I was, uh, this is like a little reprieve in my day. Um, all day today, I'm going to, the, uh, to our eighth grade religion classes to talk about National Vocation Awareness Day. I already did the first... A talk before I recorded nice. this podcast, and after this, I have to do two more. So my voice is gonna be very sore. Oh yeah, the, the rest of the day, and I have a few. I have a funeral this evening, but uh, no. Uh, yesterday we 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 talked. We saw in the in the gospels, excuse me, in the readings uh, at mass, we had we had the example of two widows. Uh, in the first reading, you had the widow at Seraphath that Elijah comes <laughs> made the joke during mass. He, he asked for a cup of water. And of course, the woman gives him a cup of water. That's no big deal. And then he asks for a piece of bread. And she's like, wait, all I have is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. Mm-hmm. And it's for me and my son. And after we eat that, we're going to die because we have nothing else. And that show, and then we see the dire straits this woman is in and how God is at work in her life after that. So Elijah doubles down. He goes, okay, no, no, still go make that piece of bread. Bring it to me. No, break me a piece of cake. And I'm like, this guy, I made the joke yeah. in the, in the in mass, everybody laughed. I go, this guy, he's asking for more. But he said, but your flower jar is not going to go empty. Right. God will provide. And so she does this. And in her generosity, God rewards her. Same thing in the gospel. Jesus observing everybody coming up to the treasury, giving from their surplus. Mm-hmm. And then this widow gives, her, gives, him, gives the temple two copper coins, which is the equivalent of a penny. And Jesus says... This widow has given more because she has given from what she does not have instead of what she has left over. And so her generosity is rewarded even more. Same thing with us. And so I, 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 I focus on the concept of nothingness. Now, I was looking out, and, and this was the first Sunday that I saw we were, you know, mask optional. So I was able to see the expressions of my people's faces for the first time since early March 2020, probably February 2020. And... People thought when I started talking about the two copper penny, two copper coins and the penny, and giving yeah. generously, yeah. they're here all comes, looking here like comes the money. Here comes the stewardship yeah. talk. Here comes the money <laughs> talk, and, and I totally threw them for a loop when I directed that into vocation, because 
out of our nothingness, when we give out of our nothingness, when we, God rewards that. When we give from the moments that we are most vulnerable, like these two widows, that's where God does great work in us. And so when I pivoted towards the vocation talk, because it is important for, for us to preach about vocations as often as possible, because we as a church need to be praying for vocations, need to be encouraging vocations, need to be asking young men and young women, have you considered a vocation of the priesthood or religious life? We need to be realizing that sometimes you know, young men and women may not say, you know what, I, I thought about it, but I may not be, you know, call. Right. I mean, I don't feel worthy enough, or right. I have nothing. To, I have nothing to give. Right. But from that nothingness, God rewards that. God gives us, and God is, is the one who gives us the grace to be able to fulfill the vocation that He has called us. He's not going to call someone to do something if He doesn't equip them with the grace that they are that they have that they need to be able to fulfill that vocation. Yeah, you know, we've we've talking we've talked. Excuse me on the. Uh, on this podcast at length, at nauseum almost. About, I think it was the second episode. Not, but not just vocation. We've, we've, we 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 kind of keep going back to the sense of, of humility, and, and especially now with the, the St. Therese's little way, you know, the, this sense of offering up the little things, you know, offering up the simple, offering up the nothingness, as you say. You know, and, and God takes that and does incredible things with it. You know, I was on a run with my friend the other day, and, and we are talking about... Uh, you know, he, he he's doing the dishes, and and he says, you know, I'm I'm doing it for my family, but I'm doing it for Christ, and and I'm doing the Absolutely. laundry, and I'm doing it for my family, but I'm doing it for Christ, and and it's this sense of, you know, we're we're not going to do this crazy grand thing. It's it's the little things. It's the little things that that when you give it to the Lord, you know, like like the widow with these two cents. You know, Lord knows literally what he's going to do with that. <laughs> okay, you were talking earlier. Okay, because I think about all the parents on the day we fall back and change the clocks. Because I don't, I don't know what it is about kids today, even little ones, that they are not just little ones, but even in seven, eight, nine, ten years old, that they're waking up early. When I was a kid, I would wake up when my parents woke me up. You know, sometimes on Saturdays and Sundays, mm. I'd wake up, turn on the TV, no. watch the Saturday oh, morning I, cartoons. I wish. <laughs> right? No. So, now, listen, I'm, I'm getting your Your kids are three and a year and a half old. So it's like, but I think about them because we're talking about our vocations. Okay. George was called to be a husband, to be a father. I was not. So I'm like, listen, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. thank God. I said, thank God for celibacy because that's what we were both called to. But here's the thing. There are days, because I've observed this, where I've observed you know, my friend sitting here, you know, totally tired after a long day of work, or even worse, because you, you hide it very well. Your wife does not. She hates us. <laughs> you know, here comes the Angie oh, portion man. of the podcast. Your wife does not, so she's tired. But yet, out of that nothingness, God, for whatever reason, equips you yep. to deal with the mayhem that ensues in your house between 5 o'clock and, loca, eight, baby. and 8 o'clock. And, you know, and text messages from your pastor during that time, who knows better than to text you when it's ora loca, you know. But well, that's why he has no kids. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> thought pops into his head. Hey, you know, we should put a yeah. line post outside the church. You know, yeah. what do you think about that? You know, and so I've seen it with my own sister that she's tired after a long day. She wakes up at Lord knows what hour at five o'clock in the mm -hmm. morning to drive my kid, my nephews to, you know, to school and then pick them up and take one here and take one there. And then she gets home and has to make dinner. And then by the time it's quiet time, you know, at night, 
you know, she's exhausted. But, you know, during that time, she still finds the energy from what she doesn't have. So all of us from that nothingness, God still gives us the grace. There are times, and I could now equate it to my priesthood. There are days where I think I don't have any more energy to do okay. what I have to do. Like, for example, if I get to the end of the, the office work day, mm-hmm. you know, and I say, and I look at my schedule in the evening, I have appointments, I have ministry meetings, and I have, I go, I have nothing left to give. But sometimes out of that nothingness, out of that, you know, tiredness, you know, is when God does his best work. Why? Because we get out of the way. We have nothing left to give. So we're, we don't put our two cents in. We let God be God. And that's what's so beautiful about giving when we have nothing. Because we come to God, I go, Lord, this is my empty heart. Yep. That's all I have left. And he takes that. Yep. And he says, okay, boom. I'm going to use that for my glory. And you don't have to worry about it. You get out of the way. I'll we, take care of it. But I mean, we see that over and over in Scripture, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, where, where, you know, the disciples just gather up, a, you know, a couple fish and, and a couple loaves of bread, and, and everyone is fed. And, and not just they're fed, they're, they're fed to satisfaction, and there's plenty left over. You know, that, that's what the Lord does. You know, he's, he's going to take the little that we have, the little that we can offer, the little that we think, you know, almost scoffing at it, like, really, you're, you're going to do something with that? And he goes, yeah, I am, and watch, watch me. <laughs> you know, and, and he does that, and, and he does it in overabundance, and that's the beauty of the goodness of the Lord. It, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, the, li- the little things we do for God, when, when I used to work out work more for, for Radio Paz, for Radio Peace, and I think once or twice a year we'd do radio marathons to raise money for the station, it never ceased to amaze me that the station was basically kept up by the pennies, by the, mm-hmm. you know, little dollars that, yep. you know, little ladies would send in. Yep. You know, not the big, 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 it was the abundance of the, the, the little the, ones. The micro donors. Exactly. Yep. You know, so it never ceases to amaze me about that. Because when it comes to the generosity of God, I always say this, and, and especially we need to hear this, during this month of Thanksgiving and the next month mm-hmm. as we get towards Christmas, God is never outdone in his generosity. Mm-hmm. So if we give to him, he will give a hundredfold back to us. We may not see it. It may not be something monetary. It may not be something material. But in terms of, you know, in terms of grace, in terms of things that we need, and we may not even notice it, right? you know, God is never outdone by his generosity. And that's something that we need as we contemplate vocational awareness. We can contemplate. And I'm just talking to the kids right now, uh, earlier this morning, talking to them about vocation. And one thing I've noticed about the kids is, you know, they're asking me all these questions about vocations. And they're all and, and a lot of them ask me, okay, well, Father, what happens if you don't want to do it anymore? Or Father, what happens if you want to be a priest anymore? Or Father, what happens if it, it, can you get fired from being a priest? Is that this generation, I sound like Jesus, this generation is an unruly generation. <laughs> this generation has no concept of commitment. Because, and it just doesn't, I mean, forget about priesthood or religious life, just look at marriage. Just look at, and not even look at marriage, look at just relationships as a whole. Mm-hmm. We discard them as we would a Kleenex, we discard them as we would anything. But, but Father, it goes beyond, that. it's not just, relationship it's everything no it's everything you, you know, know some, something breaks in the house you know you get your, something new your generation your your parents and my parents we generation would, 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 would fix it and figure out a way to fix it or you or, lump me in your generation you lump me in with my parents no i'm saying oh, okay. the, the different generations <laughs> in the past you That's know fine. 
you'd crack it open and, and try it. to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out, okay, then you replace it. Now it's, you know, this, this broke and okay, straight to the garbage. Let me get a new one. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be the easiest thing in the world to fix, but I'm just going to get a new one because it's this, this throwaway culture. It, and Pope Francis and Pope Benedict before him and even yep. John Paul II to a certain extent, you know, he, he you knows more Benedict than Francis talked about this throwaway culture. And that's why <clears throat> there is no concept of, and I'm sitting here giving this talk with the Car- Carmelite sister in, in, in the room, yep. you know, who witnesses to her vocation every single day when she walks out the door with, you know, yep. dressed from head to toe in her habit. And they have no, you know, and I was looking at go, they have no concept of commitment. They have no concept of, the, the, I, and I said to them, you know what, the thing is that whenever you go get into something, you're looking for, okay, if I get into this, what's the escape clause? Mm-hmm. Like if you commit to a sport, well, if the sport's not going well, if I don't get, if I don't start, if I don't play, you know, I'll just go off and do something else. Or or the transfer portal. The tra- oh, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's, there, there's a great example in sports, you know, universities. If you don't, if you're not playing university, it used to be very, very difficult to transfer yep. from one university to another. Now it's easy. If you don't like your coach, if you don't, yep. if it's you get some adversity, oh, let me go to another school where you think the grass is always greener yep. on the other side. And then same thing with the kids. I said I, I'm talking to eighth grade. I go next year you're gonna go and you you have it in your mind this is a school and you're trying very hard to get into that school. But so often they get into that school, they spend a year that I don't like it. Don't Let's like go it. to this other school. Yep. And I go, there's no sense of commitment. Now, there could be very good reasons why you change schools. Sure. But more often than not, it's because I don't like it. I'm not committed to it. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't have this, this sense of, of, of like being tied to w- whether it be a school, whether right. it be a person, whether it be anything in life. There is no sense of commitment. And that's something that's so very dangerous and so very, it makes it for me so very difficult to talk about vocations. To talk about the permanence and the and mm-hmm. the eternity of priesthood, because they couldn't grasp that. Well, priesthood is forever, right. because they think, well, no, you, you know, you don't like it, you can get out, you can leave. I'm like, no. I remember very clearly about two, no, not before I was ordained a deacon, when you, we make our vow, our promise of celibacy, you know, and we're doing like the last interview with our rector. Our rector. You know, my rector sat me down, Monsignor Steve Basso, who still helps out at the seminary. Wonderful priest from, from the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee. Wonderful scripture scholar. And he sat me down with his southern draw, Pensacola draw. You know, he, he took off his glasses and started biting on the, on the arm of one of his glasses. And he looks at me and he goes, man, you know this is for life, right? And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for eight years. I kind of figured, you know. Well, I, got, I got a funny story about that. Go ahead. I had something similar right before we got married. So the priest who, who officiated the wedding obviously knew Angie and myself, but his secretary did not. So we went in to finish all the paperwork, and she's going through the checklist and everything and says, okay, you know, before we finalize this file, I just want you guys to know this is forever. And you know me. Mm-hmm. I turned to Angie, and I turned back to her. I go, oh, man, forever? That's a really long time. And you could have died on the spot. And this woman, this poor woman, just freezes. It's like, yes, this is forever. <laughs> do we need? Like do we need to? Do we need to hit the brakes on this? And I'm just like, oh, well, good joke. for her. What? <laughs> yes, but oh, and you could have killed me right there. <laughs> and this is their daily life in the Santibanes household. But no, when when he told me this, <clears throat> you know, this is forever, right? 
I mean, this is it is yeah. for a priest. It is forever for a priest. It's eternity for a priest. Well, he told me more for life because he's talking about the here and now. Because like, at that time we were dealing with the scandals of the church. Sure. We were dealing with all these things, and I'll never forget Archbishop Hal Lord taking us when he handed us our assignments today of the Chrism Mass. This was about a month and a half before I got ordained. A priest. He's there and he's holding in his hand all the assignment letters. Mm. We're there dying to know where we're going to be at our first period. This is he, in his hand. He had something that is going to alter our life yep. for at least the next three years. <clears throat> so we were very anxious to get those letters and or just for him to tell us, you're going here, you're going there. And because we were really, when we sat down with her, we were going even more deeper into the midst of the, of the, of the scandals. This is in, in April of 2002. Or, yeah, April 2002. And he said, and he's holding these letters, and he's and he's like, you know, taking these letters, and he has them in his hand, and he's like going like this, you know, with his letters into, his, into the palm of mm-hmm. his hand. He goes, if you cannot live a celibate life, please do not get ordained. And he's telling us this. A month yeah. and a half before we get ordained. Because yep. he's making sure, because obviously we knew what he was dealing with in his office. And this is something that is lost on all of us, the permanence of a commitment. That when you, when you said, I do, mm-hmm. to your wife, when I said yes to the church, when I lay, literally laid down my life because mm-hmm. I was laid on the cathedral floor face down, when I laid down my life for the church... You know, we knew because of who we are and because of our formation, because of our, what our parents taught us, and because of the permanence of commitment that our parents taught us, that when you commit to something, you commit to something. You say, we knew what we were saying yes to. Yeah, even though you were joking, but you knew that, sure. you know, that's why you reacted that way. It's like, I mean, this woman doesn't know us, but of course we know that this is forever. Of course we know that this is for life. But that's what makes it so difficult to preach to these children about the permanence of commitment when... They see, you know, divorce so easily, whether it be in their families or mm-hmm. on TV or in general in society or their friends. They see all this stuff right. and they see, you know what? If A doesn't work out, then I could go to option B very easily because everyone else does it. Yep. And that's what makes vocation so difficult because vocation is a calling from God. And I told him, listen, the you know, uh, one of the little girls asked me a question was, that was very deep. You know, that we we talked about priesthood and marriage and religious life and marriage. And so she says, Well, Father, what if you fall out of love? And I'm like, Ooh, you don't get that one from a yeah. 13 year old girl. Mm-hmm. And I go, But where do they get it? They get it out of TV where, sure. you know, you have a love triangle and, and, you know, the character A doesn't like character B anymore. So he doesn't like character C. And so he falls out of love with character B to fall in love with mm-hmm. character C. And so. I go, here's how you don't fall out of love, is you keep Christ at the center of your marriage. And if you keep Christ at the center of your marriage, Christ will help you to That's fall it. in love deeper and deeper with your betrothed for the rest of your life. Yep. I didn't use the word betrothed because they don't know what betrothed And it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. No. Because there are there are days where where uh, Angie doesn't probably want uh, me to hit the road <laughs> and vice versa. But... Because of that commitment, I mean, it's it's the truth, it you is. know. We're we're not perfect, uh, and with all our flaws, you know, there's there's days we, you know, we're oh, you have to work tonight. Oh, darn, you know. <laughs> but but you double down and you say, you know, this is this is what we're 
this is what we committed to. We committed to each other. You know, Christ is at the center of this. This is we've made a vow, a promise to each other. It's a sacrament. It's not just a piece of paper that we can, you know, put through the shredder when we're tired. You know, and and just have to continue reminding and reminding and reminding and reminding ourselves and and giving, you know, especially on those days. You know, giving that nothing that I have left, you know, to the Lord and say, okay. You know, I'm I'm tired. I'm done. And maybe that nothing you have left is what your spouse needs at that yeah. moment. You know, we're very lucky because your parents have married 41 years. My parents have been married 47 years, and so we we've seen the example. And all, and we've talked about this all the ups and downs that they probably haven't told us all the ups and downs that oh, they may yeah. have had in their marriage. But, and you and I both know. And when it comes to priests, we both know priests that have struggled with their vocation, and 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 it's true that that there are moments that. When we, and I'm talking about priests, when we wander far, what, the same advice I gave that little girl, mm-hmm. when we wander far from Christ, when mm-hmm. we abandon our prayer life, when we abandon the things that we're supposed to do, when we abandon the divine office, the liturgy of the, the, of the hours, when we abandon the important relations that we need to hold in, uh, in, in our friendships, we need to hold with our brother priests, when we abandon the sacrament of reconciliation, and we can go through the motions of celebrating mass and celebrating right. weddings and celebrating funerals, and it just becomes a job. Yep. You know, I cringe when, when, you know, when I was vocation director, when someone would call me, oh, Father, can you come out to the, the high school? Can you come out to talk to us on career day? I'm like, no, because this is not a career. Right. I will come to talk to you during National Vocation Awareness Week, like this week. But not, I, I always refused to go during, because yeah. I didn't want the kids to, especially in Catholic schools, to confuse right. this with a career. Yes, it's something you do when you grow up, absolutely, but it's not a career. Right. But when we... Priests, when we abandon that stuff, yes, that's when we have our crisis in our priesthood because we've abandoned, just like what I, the same thing I told that little girl, when we stop putting Christ at the center of our mm-hmm. life and making sure that we woke up with Jesus on our lips, we right. went to bed with Jesus on our lips, and in our minds and in our hearts, that's when we fall into trouble. Right. And so during this week... Yeah, and it, and it happens. I, I think we yes, need to say it happens, it happens. To, to everybody. You know, priest, married, single, uh, sister, you know, it, it happens, you know, and that's why... The sacrament of reconciliation, in, in particular, is so important. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get into adoration in, in a minute and staying close to a Eucharistic Lord. But you know, it's easy to sit here and, and talk into a microphone, uh, you know, saying that yeah, this is this is how you do it, and this is what you do, and this is how you stay close. But you know, we're human. All of us are human, and there's a weakness, and it's going to happen to everybody. And, and the key is really recognizing, you know, oh, I've I've started taking a few steps in the wrong direction. You know, let let me hit the brakes now and and get back. And and it's and it's wonderful that you that you you segue. I was making fun of you, the you not knowing how to segue earlier. Oh, I know how to okay. segue. I just needed to get you off the dolphins that week. Okay, yeah. That's, <laughs> anyways, so it's wonderful that you mentioned the Eucharist because you know over the weekend we announced you know or formally announced. You know, our Adoration Chapel opened 24-7. I think right before we turned the microphones on, you told me that there was somebody here last night. What time? From 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. That's amazing. And and I saw every single Mass yesterday that I was standing outside. I think I was standing outside at every Mass except maybe one. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single Mass, somebody went from the church to see, right, where's this Adoration Chapel? I want to see this. I'm, you know... I want to see, you know, even though Jesus is present in, right. in, in the church, but I want to see Jesus in this chapel. And so there is this hunger. So how do we 
grow vocations in our parish, it's by doing exactly what we just started doing. We have one vocation in the seminary. We, you know, uh, we got a, um, the seminary poster the, mm-hmm. the, that Jorge and I have once graced once upon a time. Oh, uh, man. A long I don't time wanna, ago. I don't want to see that it picture. Was, it was, you, were, you were a baby. You were a baby. <laughs> um, so we were, you know, we, we received it last week, and we do have one vocation, Jerry Suarez from our parish, who is at St. John Vianney. But, we, you know, we're such a big parish. We should have more. Mm-hmm. And now that we are dedicating as a parish more time to adoration, more time to kneel before the Lord, to ask Him, we will get vocation because He says it. The harvest is abundant, but the labors are So pray to the divine harvest master, and He will send workers into His vineyard. And that's exactly what Jesus does. You look at parishes that have perpetual adoration. You look at parishes that dedicate themselves to praying for vocations, then you see parishes that produce vocations. Not just send guys to the seminary. Right. That's one thing. It's getting guys that ordained priests. It's not just that. Getting them into seminary and then out of seminary on the other side as priests. And there are parishes. You know, Little Flower, you know, needs to, we need to step up our game in that. Because I've been in parishes that have produced multiple vocations. Okay, I love to brag about this mm-hmm. because it's not just a joy, an, a, an honor for that parish, but it's an honor for the archdiocese. The last parish that I pastored, you know, I had two when I was pastor. We had two guys get ordained priests: Father Brian Garcia and and Father Matthew Gomez, who's now currently the vocation director. They got ordained. They were the 18th and 19th wow. priest ordained from that parish. Amazing, and not counting all the religious sisters that came from from Immaculate Conception. So. Now, from this parish, we have had a lot of young people become religious sisters. We've had a lot of young people enter the seminary. And we had a lot of young people ordain. I don't know the exact number. The thing is that we kept very meticulous numbers yeah. in the parish because it was also a smaller history, 60 years compared to 95. But it was 65 now. So, you know, we need to, you know, we want that number to grow. We want, I, I look out and I said it yesterday at Mass, I see... So many young families, and they're holding their kids like you were mm-hmm. holding your, your son in your arms. And I said, I want you to picture, I want you to picture your child that you're holding in your arms. I want you to picture, you know, your daughter or your son that's sitting with you as a priest or religious sister. And some parents are like recoiling, like, I can't picture that. But, you know, just the possibility. Mm-hmm. It brings you great joy. It brings you great honor to your family. But more than honor, it brings you great joy. And so, you know, my father reminded me of something after Mass yesterday, because they were present at Mass, that when people ask him, and I think I may have mentioned this in episode two, but that was back in April, and I don't remember what I talked about <laughs> back in April. Not, I don't remember what I talked about yesterday. You know, back in April, I may have said this, but when people ask my father, what was your secret to raising a priest? He simply says, I just got out of the way. Let God do his thing. Yep. And you look at that, and that's not very far from what St. Joseph did. Now, Joseph, like my father, like your father, raised us, taught us to be good, religious men, dedicated God, God-fearing men, mm-hmm. men of service, and the rest get out of the way. So it's not like my dad or my mother was telling me every single day, Mary, God's calling you a priest. In fact, yep. my parents never told me that. Never. Oh. Never. They were All they would tell me was, Whatever you decide to do with your life, 
we will, and you do it well, right. we will be proud of you. Yep. That's it. And we will support you. And they did. They offered, and I said it yesterday. They took me to seminary. They prayed with me. I said, Lord, you gave us a son, 17 years. It was a month shy of my 18th birthday. You gave us a son 17 and a half years, you know, 17 mm-hmm. and a half years ago or whatever it was. And now we offer him back to you because he belongs to you. So as family, as a parish, we need to pray for vocation. We need to talk to our children about vocation. We need to be more proactive when it comes to talking about vocation. And we may think that we may have nothing to mm-hmm. offer, that but, our children may not be equipped for that, but we have no idea what God absolutely. Uh, or who you know, God that, calls. Uh, that, that's the gospel yesterday. You know, John Vianney. This poor widow comes and, and gives the last of what she has, and then we don't hear from her again. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. we don't know what happened to those two copper coins and, and what happened in that mm-hmm. temple. But, they were multiplied, you know. But, you know, she, she just gave it and went on her way and here, Lord, it's it's yours. It it, it was always yours. It, it was never mine to begin with, you know, and, and have it back and, and do with it what you will. And, and, and that's a good way of, of going through life is realizing that everything belongs to God. Nothing belongs to us. You know, the sister, even the children today recognize that because they, they spend every day with the sisters. So they know mm-hmm. that the sisters don't own anything because of their vow of poverty. Right. They don't they don't own anything. They don't own the car or the house they live in, even the clothes on their back. All they have is their habit, you know, and they that's what they have. That's all they have. They don't own anything because everything belongs to the community. Everything belongs to God. And it goes back to something we talked about before is, is materialism. Do, do, do our material, you know, the material things own us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to dispossess ourselves. And from our nothingness, give ourselves over to God. So my friends, when it comes to vocations, you know, I'm glad that Jorge brought up the Adoration Chapel because make time, whether you're here at this parish or another parish, make time to go kneel before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Make time to ask Jesus for more priests because without the priests, there isn't Eucharist. Make time to ask Jesus to send more, call more women to be religious sisters who are so joyful, who love. We had the, the pierced hearts yesterday at Mass and there were like, I want to say 20, 25 of them, and, and they're always so joyful. Yep. Why are they always so joyful? Yep. Because they have they have Jesus always mm. at the center of their religious life. And Father, I want to just, one last point here before we wrap this up. You know, I, I can't see who, I mean, I can if we pull the, the video, but I just watched the, the open close of the censor to see when people are visiting the chapel. Yeah, and some people go for an hour and whatnot, or, or there could be multiple people back to back. But I get the most joy when it's just like a three, four minute visit. You know, because you want to talk about, you know, from, from the nothingness that you have left, you know, someone's just taking three minutes to, to pop in, you know, say, hey, hi, Lord, you know, this is, this is all I could give you today is, is these three minutes. But they took those three minutes. You know, how, how, many, how many times would we say, oh, it's only three minutes? No, it's not worth it. You know, I'm just going to go on with the rest of my day. You know, but, but they stop in. You know, they park the car and they come in and for three, for four minutes, five minutes, they just go and, and sit there and say their quick prayer and greet the Lord and, and just acknowledge that he's there and then go on with the rest of their days. That to me, you know, when, when I see those, those um, the history is so, is so awesome, you know, just to see those, those quick little visits because that's how it starts. You know, it starts with three minutes. It starts with five minutes. As you get more comfortable, then it yeah, turns into right. 15, yeah. 20 minutes. And, you yeah, and before hour. you know it, you're doing a holy hour, and, and it's become part 
of your of your daily or your weekly routine. And it's so many people that drive by here that they have to pass by the church on the way to work and they stop yeah. and they make their visit to the Blessed Sacrament right. before they head off to work if yep. they, or stop off at Mass. Yep. And maybe that, maybe they stop at Mass because it started like that yep. with that quick visit. It reminds me, I talked about missions a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were staying by the church and every morning there were people that would on horseback or mm-hmm. walking, to, you know, to their to their farm, they would stop off and, right. and there was a little door right next to, the, you know, the chapel that was always open. You just go in there, kneel before the Blessed Sacrament. Yep. They would kneel right at the door. Because yep. the Blessed Sacrament was maybe like six feet away from the door. Kneel at the door and they keep on going. Because for them, it's important. At the beginning and at the end of the day, I always said, I don't end my day without going to the Blessed mm-hmm. Sacrament in my house and making my visit and thanking God for that day and thanking God for everything. Because first of all, for His presence. Right. That just down the hallway from for my sure. room, yep. I have a chapel that has a blessed sacrament, and I thank Father Whitaker, one of my predecessors. Not, not a bad housemate, right? No, not a bad housemate, no. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus' room was just down the hall when we, when we were in seminary. It was yeah, down, down, was down at the, at the end, end of the hallway. At yeah. the end of the hallway, the Holy Family Chapel, which we love. We went, when we visited mm-hmm. back in August, I made it a point to visit because it was my, still my favorite chapel in the Archdiocese of Miami because it's so comfortable, and you feel, and there's so many great memories mm-hmm. of, of prayer and of, of spiritual insight that I had there. But my friends, spend time before the Lord, and when you spend time before the Lord, then the Lord rewards us by sending us people who, who will serve the church, whether it be in the priesthood or in the religious life, and also raise up good holy men and women to enter into the sacrament of matrimony who understand what commitment is because they keep Christ at the center of their marriage. So visit the Blessed Sacrament this week, National Vocation Awareness Week. Pray for vocations. Encourage vocations. Tell young people that you may see at Mass singing in the choir, serving mm-hmm. at the altar, have you considered? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask them that. Even, yep. though, if, even though they're not your children, mm-hmm. ask them that because I had people in my parish ask me that. Yep. And that's why I'm here. Yep. Have you considered a vocation to the priesthood? Have you considered a vocation to the religious life? You may be off base, mm-hmm. but you may be onto something and you never know when what God calls. Question. Yep. You never know when God calls. So pray for priests, pray for religious, pray that the Divine Harvest Master will send workers into his vineyard, and encourage vocations. Pray, pray, pray. Come to the Blessed Sacrament and pray that God will send workers into his vineyard. Amen. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, yeah, just 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 play it. Just keep playing. Come Miami on. Dolphins. No, 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 Miami Dolphins number one. No, no, keep, just keep playing it. Just keep playing it. Get play it. Play it. We want a game. Play it. Play it. Play it on repeat. My apologies to anyone in the chapel directly underneath us right now. <laughs> yes, we won we a football did game. It. We did it. We, we should, are, it should not be that hard. We are not the worst. That's that. Oh, I've questioned all season. Are we the worst? Are no, we not. number we're not. thirty-two? We're not. We're, we're not. not. We're not the New York Jets. We're not. Well, Jacksonville came up with a big win. How yesterday. did they beat the Bills? I'll tell you. At the stadium when they announced that, the stadium went wild. I mean, it yeah. was. We're so one great. game closer to first place. Woo woo! Getting there. The Patriots are half a game back. Of Sick. The Bills. That's Sick. crazy. With who? I mean, what? It's the Patriots, but 
Our I'm, team. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy this. Right no, but 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 you saw the game. We're gonna need you for Kane's talk and stuff. You saw the game. Jorge, how does a football team commit five turnovers and still win a game? That's very I hard think to do. I heard on the radio this morning it was the first time at Since first 1990. for sure the first time it's ever happened with the Dolphins. No, I think that we had we were zero and twenty one, but in but that in that scenario, I think before. that I read in in league history only in, five teams have ever won when committing nuts. that many turnovers. That's that means we were playing a very 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 bad football team, and you could see it. Yeah, they were scrambling. I mean, they really didn't have their act together. But our offensive line was not there oh, again. Again, horrible. our running game wasn't. I mean, you don't have a run offensive. You don't have a running game. No, you don't. Um, I thought about you every time Mac Hollins did something. I'm like, that is Father Manny's dude. Like, I love you. Him. Love him. That's your <laughs> and guy. He was wearing a Jason Williams. That's your man crush. You love that man. I, he's the best. That's your guy. He, and he got and he got a TD yesterday. Him and Miles Gaskin played. I mean, those are just two. Miles Gaskin, but Miles Gaskin. In the flat as check down because yeah. you you have no choice when people are coming at you to check down and and to and to throw the ball in the, in the flat to to my, to to your running backs. But uh, talk to you were in the stadium. How did you see Jacoby Brissett? So it was shocking to us. Like I was you didn't like, know you didn't know two was not. We no, did not I know until an hour yeah. before a game. So we all went there and I was like, "What time is I, I it?" I told you we were gonna win with them. So I was asking people, "What time is it?" And they were like looking at their clocks to see if it was like daylight savings. I'm like, "No, it's two a time. I don't it's know the real time." Hours. So we were <laughs> there. Um, it was actually it was a it's great six o'clock. Right? I'm like, yeah. I think it's an hour back. Um, but the energy there was wild at the stadium. So it was fan club weekend. So all the nice. fan clubs from around the world, wow, Mexico was cool. there, Southern California, Northern cool. California, Atlanta. So they pick one weather. game and they all come. Nice. And so we got to go on the field after the game. Um, the energy going there was amazing. You would have thought like we were undefeated going into that game. So the energy was there. <laughs> and as soon as they announced that Tua is not our starting quarterback, our, all the hands like were like, what's going on? They come from all across the world to see they our do. starting quarterback. They do. And, you know, it... And we said, wait, what's happening? You've like, seen Tua in person. It's a different vibe when he's on the totally, field. Totally, totally. So with Tua, like, I didn't even know. I heard a rumor that his finger so now. Yeah, it was finger. all last week. He was limited in but practice. But is it his finger or his are fr- we benching the kid? Like, no, no, no. It was, a, no it, was a fra- it was a fractured finger. They didn't feel comfortable him throwing the long ball. They didn't feel comfortable ma- making certain throws because he has been very accurate and has had some yeah. zip on the ball this yeah, year. Yeah. But two things here. Tell me. Okay. We've always said Tua is not the problem. We've said this consistently all year. Yeah. But when Tua is on the field, he's not the problem. But he needs to be on the field. He has to get on the field. All right, so that's that's the yeah, problem. Uh, so that's the problem. He get, was warming up yesterday. We saw him. He was no, he was warming up. He was, he he was, was the yeah, backup quarterback. He, he was, was the backup quarterback in case something. And then the game plan would have really altered because you would have only had to be, be able to make these intermediate throws because yeah. Jacoby did, you know, when he had some time, did make some long passes. Yeah. Gasecki, those one arm catches. Gasecki is like the Odell. Like he, the hands, everything. Better than Odell. He is. He's actually important. Do you think we're gonna get Odell? No, no, no. Um, no. You know, I'm not opposed. Do you want him? No. I'm not opposed to it. You just can't wear number thirteen. We'll flip Why? Give me thirty-one. I, I, I like no. you know, and I want Jarvis back too. Oh, I, I, I love uh, Jarvis back. Jarvis, you liked Jarvis. You had a good relationship with Jarvis. I had a great relationship. That's with you, Jarvis. That was your buddy. Yes, he was. But so that was the second thing yeah. is that. Every time Jacoby Brissett leads our offense, I feel like we're like we're matriculating on the field in, in quicksand because it, I could it, see that. it doesn't. It, 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 there's no zip to the offense. Yeah, because you could with Tua, you could run an up tempo offense mm-hmm. that you have some you know quick hitches and slants and things like that, and then you know take your risk 
and do the long ball if Fuller ever gets on the field. That's oh, he's, I'm done with him, too. And, and I'm done with Parker. I'm done with Parker, done with Fuller, done with Chris Greer. And I'm honestly, I'm done with Tua. And here's the thing. like, Oh, whoa, she no, went there. I really did. Here, whoa. You know, I told you, I'm going to sit back thing. and just enjoy this. I go back this. and forth this is... with this because Tua is a really, really nice alone. guy, right? And he's I feel like great. we set him up for... No, that, we, we have we set him up for failure. We set him up for but failure. But you have to stay healthy. You do and fractured finger. The ribs, no, the ribs. I understand. You, no, no, the, the, ribs, the, the guy hurts. from the Bills would have killed but your anybody. Finger, I played basketball for fourteen years. I broke all these fingers and I was still able to compete. We're talking a finger here. He could have played yesterday. He could have. I, but, I, but I mean, we won that game. Or do you, maybe it was like you know what? It's an easy team we're playing. I mean, and you never say that in the NFL because the Jaguars was be easy team. Father, exactly. what happened there? Atlanta was supposed to be an easy no, that, team. That wasn't too as That was our defense <sighs> just. Letting Trevor Lawrence, so you know, I'm, and, I, honestly, and I was coaching. I'm just, I'm but d- I'm we have Baltimore, but we have we have Thursday. Baltimore on Thursday. That's why. Do we keep two out and let him play Thursday? No. And even then, they're saying well, we don't know. It's a quick turnaround. But I don't want to see. I really, I, I go. I that first of all, the game was long. It was. It when was you, so. I got the worst sunburn. It was chilly, but it was. Little, yeah, you got a little I color right. today. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was a long, long game, and we had exciting plays, but it dragged a little bit. It, no, it dragged. But when you have two one and eight teams, and you have nine. Turnover yeah. combined. I sent him the the the, the gif from from Ferris Wheel nine times. Nine, nine times. times. Yes. No. Nine. I said the they were they were still eating their stash of uh, Halloween butterfingers. Oh, oh really? Wow. No, it was both it was a both long, team. Both long of our football game. teams. You know, it, it, it was, was, <laughs> was it was just bad bad football. I don't want to see Ravens. You know, Ra- Ravens. There's two teams when they come to town. They scare me. Oh, Only two. No, and also they're going to take over the stadium on Thursday. That's the they thing. take over the stadium. They do. So when the Ravens I don't know where they get this. They don't have. They don't. I mean, they have this. They don't have history. I mean, they're only like twenty years old. No, yeah, they're twenty some odd years old, and yeah, they have two super. Ray Bowls, Lewis just, was their their lifelong which their which blood is great. forever. Great, always also. Yeah. But I remember one game while I was there that I saw so much purple in the stands. Always, crazy. they travel well. They do. So the two teams that come to town that but who just wants to be in Baltimore? Me. I mean, really, Baltimore and the Steelers. When they come oh, to no, town, Steelers I are, shake in the boots. I get well, very we, nervous. Well, Green, you only have Green Bay once every eight years, but Green Bay also travels. Well. I, I could see that. I mean, oh, yeah. Only thing yesterday, Green Bay played in Kansas City. And it's very hard to get. You see the sea of red, so it's very, yes. very, very difficult to see the yellow or the green yeah. in the sea of red. So the Dolphins, they won a game. We, we you know, there are things you could build on, but the, the, the turn. I mean, I, the two, uh, Jacoby threw two interceptions. He did, and there was three fumbles from really sure-handed guys. Yeah, and we'll get to that now. Uh, we'll get story to the of the weekend. It was a story of the weekend at that stadium, but uh, we have to tell them. So this weekend was an amazing weekend in Miami sports. Everybody, the Miami Heat beat the Utah Jazz. Were you there? Won. Were you there? Well, uh, no, on That's Saturday. A great game. No, almost so blew it at the end. But Canes won. Panthers won. Oh, Pan- the Heat. Oh, you're talking the Heat game. The Heat game. No, I was. No, I was with all the fans. All, okay. I was meeting the fans from around so, the world. So the Heat had a, played one of the best. Tyler. Okay, God's Tyler gift Hero. to Earth. <laughs> Whoa, Chuchi, pay attention here. here Father, go. I'm going to say this. Here. God's gift to Earth right now in Miami is two two men, Mike Kosicki and Tyler Hero. Pay These the two men, we gotta pay, pay them. both of them. You gotta sign pay both them, them forever. I want them, them to sign them till their last breath Tyler on Earth. Tyler Hero is just. The man. He's, he's going to be starting in a week. Well, we'll see. I mean, he's he's a six man, and he, that spark he yeah. provides off the bench mm-hmm. is great. That we got off to that big lead. Donovan Mitchell is not. I missed not, not it. He's oh. a bad man. He you don't want to play with him. Bad, bad. And we man. we had a nineteen point lead with five and a half to go. We blew it. We it got down to two, 
And I'm like, how we cannot lose it. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Jimmy Butler. That's basketball, like, though. That's, that's basketball. Did Ka- that's is Kyle game. Lowry back? I didn't even. Kyle Lowry's back. He yes, played, he, he's he so played, good. He played well. He played well on on Saturday. Panthers playing Carolina, who was our kryptonite Let's last year. Let's go. Right. All right. Let's go. Carolina, whose Let's nickname go. I will not use because he stole it from us down here. Uh, they we played them. We were up to a four, we, we four one. Four one. I mean, that they, was they let them crawl back they're in. Amazing. They let them crawl back in, but we beat them. You know, and and they're good. And, and, now we get to the Canes. Tell us. The Canes, you were there at the stadium, Jorge. I was there. You know, you there. were there for the Dolphin and you were there for the Canes game. I was there. Um, um, I wish I could. 14, I, it was 14 and got off to a strong start. Got off to a strong start and then and then we forgot how to hold the football. Everybody was fumbling this God. weekend. And sure, it's ramble. It's cold weather, Father. We're not used to No, but it wasn't, cold, no, it wasn't cold no, weather on. It wasn't It wasn't cold on, on Saturday. I'm trying to think of it wasn't cold, cold. I don't know. On Sat, it was, it was, it was breezy. breezy. It was cold when we got there. Yeah. But then the. 12.30, yeah. The sun no, we, we got there like 10.30 in the morning. It was cool, yeah. Uh, but then the, the clouds went away. The sun came out. Beautiful it was cl- started off cloudy in the morning. Then it got and it got beautiful. comfortable. Very comfortable. But but to blame that for the fumbles. The thing is you had Rambo fumbled. A nine fumbled. Usually shorthanded guys fumbling. The, I think we fumbled four times. I want to say three or four times. Whatever it was, it was way too sure. much. Three for sure. I mean, it was way too much. It was way too much. Now and we took was the ball in, away, and, and it was fumbles in terrible spots. Too. No, is it in red zone? It, two it, were almost in red or, zone, and right after an interception, it's like, oh come on! Oh no, there was one that we just got, got the momentum, and, and, and then, then you boom. give it right back to them, and, yeah, and exactly. then they turn around and turn that into points. But and Georgia Tech is a bad football team. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wish I could. I wish I could say I was sitting in the stands a little more confident in the you outcome were. of the game. But I was. I was. I kept joking with my friends who were there. I'm like, you know, we're gonna lose this. Like, we're gonna find a way Ugh. to you, snatch defeat no. from really the jaws of victory. And what Virginia Tech comes to town next, right? No, this no, no. FSU this F- FSU, FSU week. It's FSU, FSU week. Three thirty on up Saturday. There, up in. Uh, we're one point favorites. I was like, no, that makes sense. It does make sense because this know. was this had all the makings of a Manny Diaz trap game. Oh. It was, and when he came to his post game press conference, and the first thing he says is, "It's FSU week." I go, "You were in your own trap game. You're uh, already uh. thinking ahead at FSU. You almost got stung by the Georgia Tech again." Ha! <laughs> you got you got the rambling wreck of uh, the Hornets reference. Uh, it was it was a, you know. It was an interesting game. Be- but TBD, man. TBD. But no, Tyler. We got a QB. Was, no, no, not Tyler Hero. Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke. We got oh, Tyler. That was Tom Thornton to me. Tyler no, 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 Hero. Yes, no, 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 but, but, yes. But she's all about Hero right now. I am. She, she's loving no, this. No, Duncan I'm Robinson. Just, I'm Duncan. loving this kid, man. No, but Tyler Hero. How can you Tyler, not? Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke. Which one? TBD. Which Tyler? Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> In this podcast, we'll call him TBD. Okay. TBD is just balling. But here's the thing is that how... Throw the ball downfield. That's how we beat NC State. That's how we beat Pitt, Pittsburgh. Yep. And how many times did we have third and one or fourth and ones? And, and we're, we're at the shotgun the and we're running up and they're stacking the box with nine. We're no both teams are not putting their players in positions to win. Especially UM, the play calling. You need and, and also on defense. Because we have good, talented players on oh, defense. You've got athletes, man. You have Get athletes. to the outside. You, you need, need a yard. To be just, coached. just run, need run to be coached. fifteen yards to the left, and, and you're gonna pick up five. You know, you don't have the you don't have the the, the bodies up front yeah. to push the pile for a yard. I'm sorry, you don't. So, a wonderful weekend. Start off with the Kings, twelve thirty on Saturday. 
then in the evening, Panthers and Heat took care of things. Yep. Uh, there was chaos all around football this weekend. It was a great weekend for the Hard Rock app to come out. Yeah, I mean, here we are plugging again. Hard Rock app. Stadium. I'm not plugging it. I'm not plugging. I'm saying. <laughs> I knew I'm saying. Say it. <laughs> you you knew it was going to be that kind of weekend when that app finally comes so out. So we had a bunch of upsets in 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 college and uh, Michigan State, who we should have beat, yeah. fell in Purdue. Uh, I'm forgetting the other one. Cincinnati should have lost that game. Alabama almost. Alabama uh, almost lost. Army Air Force was a nice game. A bunch of teams yeah. almost That's lost. A nice, it was that, a nice I mean, game. there were, there was a, a bunch of people that lost. LSU kept it closer than it should have mm-hmm. been. Florida Gators oh. are four have a wor- the worse record oh. than we do. That's Hold on, a shame. Hold on. Let me play your little violin. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they they fired their defense <laughs> coordinator did. yesterday. It was like whoa. So then comes yesterday. Yes. And you have. You already met. We mentioned Buffalo and Jacksonville at the outset. You know, it was like, where did that come from? But just okay. Yeah, I, I talked about two games yesterday that just blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Every time I see this oh, man, stop. I get sick to my stomach. Stop. And then Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I want to be a good see, Christian that, that, that and one, say, Ryan, I want what's best for you. But why didn't you do that in Miami, no, my because friend? He, he he's so good now. He, he did have great games in Miami, but nothing like we're I have, seeing I have now. Video, I have video. <laughs> Nothing like we're seeing, Father. I I see him. I said he really played for us. I still have his jersey. His first five years, I saw every snap that he took, you know, in person. So it's like he's such a great guy too. He is a great guy and a great family, and he's doing and going into L.A. I'm happy for him. But that was a lot had to do with his defense. But here's the thing: they lost Derrick Henry for the year, and I'm thinking there's no way they go into L.A. and win that game. I didn't even watch it because when they went up for that, I, I got home and they were up by two scores. I didn't watch the game. I watched something else. I was I I was doing football. I was just I <laughs> got the win. I, that's I was, it. I was done. That's it. <laughs> what's what's on the DR? Let me catch up. What's on the DVR? So it's like, yeah, I got the win. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. And then the the, the Cowboys, you know, who are ten point favorite at home, you know, almost getting shut out by by um, you know, by Denver in AT and T Stadium, and then another one. You know, Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want to get into Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that's very touchy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into it. But you Green know, Bay goes in Arrowhead, and, and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, if he would have been on the field, would have won that mm-hmm. game. Because Jordan Love looked so lost out there. Yeah. I saw bits and pieces of that game, but whenever I turned that game on, Jordan Love just looked complete. He, he did lead them down for a, touch, the, the, a, a touchdown. It wasn't a guard. It was like five minutes ago. So yeah. made it a game. One made a one-score game. About five minutes to go, but it was a short field. They got the ball at the forty-five or the fifty. It was a very short field, and it was the receivers were wide open. You cannot miss him. Mm-mm. So, and also it was also fueled by very good running by the running back. So the their defense held the, held Patrick Mahomes in check, and Aaron Rodgers would have been on the field, would have won that game. And that you know, just shows you how much, how valuable he is. To did that he really? Coach. He so did he lie? Because you know, I, know, I, was, oh, I don't want to get. I don't want to go. I don't want to get into this. Uh, go, if you want to get into time this, for a terrible segue, father. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't want to get into this. I mean, go. I like the guy. You know, just don't lie to everybody. You okay. know, I hope he's doing well. I no, hope. Let's go. We, we hope we do. I hope well he's too. doing well. God and, bless and listen, you. Heal well. The, the, you know, I like him more than I like Tom Brady because we only have to face him once every four years. Yes, but yeah, uh, and I saw him play against us and and rip our hearts out of our chests. In a very pivotal game in a in a, in a playoff run year we had yep. with Ryan Tannehill, and he is a very bad man on the football <laughs> field. 
he does not care. About very bad man. He has he's a, saying the word a lot today. It's like he's a very, very bad, bad man. man on the football. <laughs> he will rip your heart. Look yeah. at that game against San Francisco earlier in the year. Yeah. Where San Francisco wins, you know, t- goes in for the winning. What they thought was a winning score, winning touchdown. I look at the clock. I thought it was 45 or 50 seconds. I'm like, you love Aaron Rodgers. Too much time on the clock. And what do you do? He went down the field. Man. And Mason Crosby, who missed two field goals, or else the game would have been tied. They lost 13 to 7. So. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend football. It was all sorts of craziness. Yeah. All sorts of the only two favorites that won in the early games were the Dolphins and the Patriots. I'll take it. Go figure. Go figure. Go figure. Everybody else, uh, you know, it was just weird, a weird weekend weird of football. It always happens, and Saturday as well. It was just crazy, crazy results. Now the FIU people out there, you say, oh, but FIU lost. It wasn't a perfect weekend. You don't count. No, <laughs> doesn't count. I, I I don't you hear much about those FIU fans you were hearing crowing about. By the way, Georgia Tech employed the FIU strategy. They on Saturday. did cramp gate. Cramp every cramp every gate. three oh. games somebody would. We're doing oh, the they Tech got a first time. Hold oh. on, I got a cramp. Oh, and yeah. it's beautiful seventy two degree weather. Oh, yeah. hold they're on. They're not drinking enough water. That was a text that he sent. That's uh-uh. so yeah, the FIU game in in Marlins Park. But you know, great weekend of football, everyone, and 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 just great weekend of sports. I don't th- I don't think we'll ever experience this again. So let's enjoy oh, it. Father, Don't say be that. Positive. You know, no, Don't but I'm say saying that. like all five of our our major teams, major FIU fans, uh, major <laughs> double teams, down, double okay? down. It was great. I'm, st- I'm, I'm still hurt by that game. I'm sorry. That we will never, forever be hurt by that, that game. That game we were there, which should not have happened. Should not have happened. But the Heat on has a tough one. Okay, stop up. it, stop it, stop it. All right, but Moving heat, on. the Heat have a tough one. <laughs> we we so, have Denver, Denver, and we have Lakers this week. Is LeBron back? Uh, LeBron, I think it's out for a week. Uh, we got tough ones coming up. I hope it continues, very, but there's going to be a battle. We play at nine o'clock tonight, and we are favored in. And the Heat always do terrible in, in Mile High, in in Denver because of the of the yeah. because of, of the mountains, the altitude. The altitude. I don't know what it is, but they always do terrible. It's, there. The, it's the cold weather. It's the cold, cold weather. weather the That's all the fumbles. Just making excuses. All cold weather. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, remember to pray for vocations during National Vocation Awareness Week. Uh, go to our chapel, go on our website, and on our bulletin, you have the code to get into our chapel 24-7. Come and spend time before Jesus, and we ask the Divine Harvest Master to send more workers in his vineyard, to send more priests, to send more religious. Thank you for joining us. Pray, pray, pray for vocations, and we ask Jesus, our Good Shepherd, to pray for us and to send us good shepherds after his own heart. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.